Hello, everybody. Welcome back to a brand new episode of 343. Uh, I can't actually remember what number this episode is. Might be 35. Uh, can't really keep track, but I'm AF, joined by my co-hosts, Jason Rani and Wasim Ibrahim. How are you guys doing? All good. Top of the world, actually. <laughs> yeah, doing well, man. Doing well. Hanging on there. <laughs> I'm, I'm just listening to Wasim's top of the world over there. And uh, obviously, that's uh, Newcastle related, has to be Newcastle related. Um, yeah, actually, yeah. avoided you for, for a couple of weeks because when we were on our slump and you asked <laughs> me to be on the show, I always had to come up with some sort of excuse not to be on the show. But now we've had two wins on the trot, so now I'm, I'm happy to, to come back on the show. So, yeah, giving my game away, but yeah, that is what happened. Yeah. <laughs> This this guy he, he loses that final that that league cup final, and then he he just goes MIA, just disappears completely. Yeah, literally sends like one or two messages in the group, you know, reply or the messages, reply, <laughs> and then the guy is just quiet, you know, he's just biding his time. Yeah. Um, I must I must admit oh. it was a bit of heartbreak uh, for that final because I thought somehow we'd pitch up and uh, you know United had like six games in in I think it was like 18 days or something and I thought mm. we're going to catch them on a bad day in the final and it yeah. wasn't to be so I needed some needed a lot of time to get over that that defeat but um here we are no it seems like you guys bounced back uh quite well it it, it took a it took a bit of times you guys did have a bit of a slump um there for for a bit and like I mean like we we chatted about this in our WhatsApp group uh, a yeah. couple of times about like what was happening at Newcastle and uh, what's what's been going on with Eddie Howe. Like his team selections were a bit questionable, um, like for a couple of games. But it seems like he stabilized quite a bit. Um, you want to give your your views on on what's been happening around Newcastle about their slump and just like how how they've bounced back and and in what way they've bounced back. Yeah, I think the, the slump coincided with when we reached the League Cup final. Um, we had about a month to go before the actual final. So so it was almost as if mentally the guys were all, all looking forward to the final and thinking about that. And on the back of their you know, minds, it was always playing on, on them. But um, we had crucial matches in between that period. And we sort of just went through the motions and maybe didn't have the same hunger as we did you know, to reach the League Cup final and to get into that position initially. So um, the top four position which we had for, for quite some time. So I think they just um, so took the bit. And then also we just had this this thing of we had a solid defense and we scored goals um, at ease at, at during a certain stage of the, the season. But then we went into a period where we weren't, um, as solid defensively, so we were conceding now all of a sudden, and then um, the goals weren't weren't coming as frequently as they were before. So it was a bit of a mixture. The defense wasn't doing as well, and the attack wasn't doing as well. So um, yeah, we we had to go through that period. We had a few difficult fixtures: Liverpool, Man City, and United um, after each other. So I think it was just a matter of. Um, we came up against very good teams and everything wasn't gelling as it was before. So, um, but I think it happens to all teams. Uh, they, they go through a period um, during the season where things don't click as they used to or, or you know, maybe luck isn't on your side um, where maybe a deflection goes against you and it's a goal conceded. 
or it's a free kick, which, you know, somehow it goes in the back of the net. So I think we had that period and um, we've hopefully gone past that now with, with our recent performances and also the introduction of Alexander Isak, um, where Wilson was up front and the team was doing well in the build-up and then all of a sudden we get to the box and things don't happen. Whereas now with Isak, his movement is much better than Wilson. Um, he's got that unpredictability where he can go um, in behind the defense, he can hold the ball up, he can win aerial battles. So all of a sudden now we, we have a bit of a spark where we, we were lacking maybe a month ago. It's so weird though, because I mean, he's the club record signing and uh, it's it's not like Eddie Howe hasn't seen him deliver before uh, for, for the team. And it's, it's just like, was was what happened during that like couple of weeks um, when Isaac was dropped to the bench? Yes, he might not have been match fit and stuff like that. But I mean, the like he, he wasn't really getting much much game time off the bench either. Yeah, I think um, Eddie, I was he, he told the media that look, he felt that uh, Isaac had concussion, so he was ready to to start the game. And then he had concussion, so he had to miss training for, I think it was a week or 10 days or whichever uh, amount of period of time it's supposed to be. But um, so he missed that period. And I think because of that, Iriaut sort of backed Callum Wilson, who went through a bad spell and then scored against West Ham. So it's almost like he was trying to say, you got your goal, you went through a dry spell, I'm going to give you another game or two to you know show me that you are now getting back into your best form. Which, which didn't happen. So it was, he was trying to be, you know, um, back his, his, his striker, which he knows quite well from his Bournemouth days. Um, but at the same time, he, was, he wasn't giving the minutes which he needed to, you know, um, show his talent. And so I think also a lot of the times when, when managers say, yes, he's not fit to play in 90 minutes, it's not easy. How else is he going to get that, that fitness or that sharpness yeah. if he's not playing? Yeah. You get that through playing. Yeah. So um, you can do as much as you want in training, but at the end of the day, the, the, that sharpness only comes when you play 90 minutes um, or at least start a game and you get through 60 or 70 minutes. So um, I think he, he made a bit of a mistake by not playing Isaac uh, earlier, but I think um, now that he started the last two games and if he played the full 90 against Forrest, so I think we are past that stage now where he will give Isaac the minutes that he, he needs. And especially between now and the end of the season, I feel there's no need to play Callum Wilson unless Isaac is not available. Yeah. It's, it's also just, um, I mean, on that, right? So you, you think Isaac's a great player, but I think Arsenal had the same thing with uh, Fabio Vieira. I, when we signed him, I thought, OK, this is a guy that comes out of Porto and he was pulling the strings, but it's a, it's a different system. It's obviously different requirements that are being asked of you now, right? So you have this great player and we see it in bits and starts, but can he sustain it over that, that period of time? And also with like something like, like that concussion, you, you obviously don't want to play games with that because if he does play and then something does happen, we'd, we'd hate to see anything happen to him when he comes back and he should have maybe stayed out for like long and stuff. But it's also, I think... Eddie Howe knew Callum Wilson from like Bournemouth days already. So he has that understanding. And I think Callum also understood what uh, Eddie Howe wants from a forward and in like in the system as well. So I think much like Vieira, when he started getting those minutes, it was what can you do in that time that was actually given? So it might not be as much as you want, but can you influence the game in a positive way in that little bit? 
and we saw it chipping away, chipping away to the point where he starts and then he was getting more assists, he was getting involved more in play. And now we see with, with Isak where he led the line out of the week. I think it was against Nuts, right? Mm-hmm. And gets the first goal, gets a few good chances, interplays very good, very clean play, you know, technically very sound, can get a shot off, can jump, like you said, he can link the play, he can get to the end of things. So, yeah, and then what a cool penalty at the end just to win it. And that's like, okay, guys, everybody wants Callum, and that's fine because Callum is good. But while I'm here, I'm going to show that I'm the guy. And yeah, I think it, it worked out nicely. It's also good to have two forwards that can score goals going to this back end of the season where things do start to creep in. You know, fatigue does start to play. And I think that's maybe what happened in that League Cup final where not a lot of the guys probably played in big major finals, barring maybe like a kid in Trippi or something like that. So maybe the stage might have been a bit too much. Um but in the same time, I think Newcastle are overshooting maybe a bit on their trajectory on where they should be in the first season. So it can be, you know, there's there's times when maybe you're not supposed to be there, but you are because you're just you're playing like and and that's that luck and stuff. So maybe a little bit of doubt creeps in when you don't win, and that's the slump that happens. So yeah, I think we we always say that every season gets better, but I don't see how you can say it's not gonna get any better now because next season we'll have a fully flying Newcastle haven't had a good season, God willing, a good transfer window where you stabilize correctly and not just signing everybody that's linked or like how Man United's new owner wants to do or potential new owner, you know, get the fans involved. If if that was the case for like Arsenal, we would have signed like, yo, I'm not even sure, right? We would have signed Gary Cale at the time. We would have signed uh, all of these weird guys if the fans wanted it, but... Yeah, I think it should be interesting. It should be a very good thing. And hopefully you can see it through and then we see Newcastle maybe playing European football of, of some sort at least. Yeah, I, I, I just want to want to go back to um, the like you guys were competing, uh, Alexander Isak and Callum Wilson. Um, but there's another guy that's been basically Newcastle's talisman this season, who is Miguel Almiron. And yeah. I saw this weekend that he is out injured until the end of April. I'm not sure what happened to him, but that must be a huge blow uh, for you guys, Wasim. Um, how do you think Eddie Howe gets around that? Because, I mean, there were so many times Newcastle were down in the rat and on comes Almiron off the bench. And within like five to ten minutes, the guy changes the game around. Um, so that's quite quite a lot of like star power, in a sense, uh, coming off the bench because the players and 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 the fans they know the moment Almiron comes on the pitch this season, something's going to change. Uh, yeah. He's had basically that golden touch. So so how do you think uh, Idia Howe gets around the fact that this guy is going to be out for basically a month? So it's it's quite interesting the timing of the injury because he went through a spell where um, he wasn't scoring much, uh, and given how, how important he's been and how many goals he scored for us this season, he's our top scorer. He's always seemed to come up with a goal when we needed one, and so he went through a dry spell, including the final and 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 the aftermath of that. So Idia actually dropped him against Wolves, and I think many fans, myself included, were, were happy with that because. Um, He's the type of player that he's not going to whoop in crosses and you know set up things. He's more about you know being in the right place and finishing. So if he's not scoring and he's n- not really going to be an assister, then 
besides his energy, you know, maybe the team needs someone else in the final third. So I was happy when, not happy, but I, I felt it was the correct decision to drop him against Wolves. Um, but then he came on and scored the winner. So I think yeah. the impact which which you want when you drop a player or when you rest a player is, listen, you're going to be on the bench, but you have the chance to come on and, and change the, the game. Um, and he did that. So I think he was due to potentially start against Forest, but then he got the, a thigh injury, which Eddie uh, mentioned. So it's, it's six weeks on the sideline. Okay, we've got two weeks, luckily, away um, with international football where there is no Premier League. So we, we're fortunate in that sense where it's only going to be maybe three, four matches that he might miss instead of if it was maybe a, a month later, we could have missed a, a lot more games. But um, I think... Because we already sort of dropped him, um, Jacob Murphy's done well in his position. We've got St. Maximum. Um, Anthony Gordon was also signed, and he can play out wide. So we do have options. Joe Linton also can play um, out wide if necessary. So we do have options. It's just a matter of now who do we feel is going to be the right play player to, to start. And I think Murphy um, is another player similar to Callum Wilson, where he knows the system, he knows you know, where he needs to be, when he needs to track back, when he needs to um, press and all of that. So I think um, it's a good opportunity. And I think that's what you want also when you have a squad. You want to give certain players a run of three or four or five games and say, listen, you've got the, the jersey now. Run with it and show me what you've got. So um, I think it's not ideal, but it's not also the end of the world, um, given that we have a few other options in that position. That sounds good. Uh, hope you guys... Uh, actually carry this momentum forward. If it's at the expense of Liverpool at fourth, then um, she's not here, so so I can. Okay, I, I would have I would have said it if she was here as well. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but yo, also just like I mean, sorry, just to jump on that, like um, I think more and more injuries are going to occur with all the football that teams have to play. Right? So we we're putting these players under. Like I'm saying, we like we organize the fixtures, but they they're being put under an obscene amount of games, and this quick turnaround times. Like I'm I'm really wondering, like what's happening, man? Like it's not gonna be anything that's sustainable. I think there was a picture of Jude Bellingham now recently, and shoulder strapped up, knee strapped up. Like uh, I don't know. And now they going away on a two week international break, and it's. I think things have gotten pretty competitive, like internationally speaking, and players want to play for countries naturally. So they give everything. And yeah, I just don't see how it's ever sustainable. So all these injuries, I mean, many teams are losing key players and it's at key times. And it's it's just like, okay, just just keep dancing. You just like keep poking him, like keep going, keep going and stuff. But it's just... It's, it's really tough because I looked at the, the fixtures. Well, if, if you look at the fixtures, I looked at uh, Newcastle's, for example. We've got 12 games to go. Our next mm. game is the 2nd of April. The season yeah. ends the middle of, of May. Basically, yeah. we've got 12 games to play in six, eight weeks, maybe. And, and that's a really short period of time. Yeah. And then yeah. that's only us. What about Man City? We've got Champions League, FA Cup, and the yeah. league to finish. Keep them busy. Keep them busy. So it's really, yeah. but it's okay, man. You 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 guys don't have the need to watch. And United, yeah, yeah. I mean, United are, are, are seem to be going for the treble in terms of the cup, the league cup, the 
FA Cup and the Europa League. So, yeah. Guys, Guys, our players are absolutely knackered at the moment. Honestly, eh? Jeez. I don't know why every game Bruno gets 90. He should get 45 at most. Based (laughs) on performance, right? But then looking at his body, he looks like he's been through the ringer. I think Rashford went down yesterday. And I was like, oh, yeah, here's, here's somebody else is going. And then, okay, like shakes it off and stuff. But it's yeah, also... It's, he came off limping. Yeah, it's not sustainable, man. Mm. <laughs> you are going to kill these guys and you're going to try and ring them out. And then you'll, you'll wonder why players are only going to play to like 30, 31, 32, maybe. They're going to be clear. And yeah, and I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know if you if you saw the news about the, the next World Cup. Um how they're expanding the teams and everything. And it's it's crazy. I think it's like a 48-team World yeah. Cup. So yeah, that means... Something like 100 and odd games, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they're going to run these guys into the ground. And like, like, you, like you mentioned, it's not sustainable. Their careers will probably hit the ceiling at around like 30, 31 or 32. Yeah. Compared to where players used to hit 37, 38. Um it's 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 crazy and i mean like some of them might not even hit the the, the age 30 at this rate yeah. yeah i was even i mean now now just as you're mentioning all those games i wonder if they now change the rules and say that squads can be bigger when it comes mm-hmm. to world cup i mean you you're now playing yeah. more games um i doubt we see an increase on the five sub rule because that's already something that just changed and that's already confused like lots of people i mean we've always had three subs but yeah just giving teams bigger squads but then it's up to the national teams whether they'll actually rotate you know then it's like okay but can i chop and change and so yeah maybe it'll be interesting to see that's yo it's gonna be wild plus is it gonna happen in the off season or is it gonna happen mid-season will we have world cups where we need to look at I, weather always and all that stuff. Yo. I think that was the once off, to be honest. I think you it, think so? It, yeah, okay. I think it yeah. just moves back to June, July, uh, and it stays season, there. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it it just makes the most sense to have mm. it over there. Um, cuts into okay. the players' holidays and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, with with more teams being included in the World Cup as well, that means more players of each club will end up making it because there's more international teams, more spots yeah. open. Mm. Um, uh, like, <laughs> uh, I'm not I'm not complaining. South Africa might have a better chance of making World Cups now moving yeah, forward. Yeah. Um, so so that's great from our point of view. Um, but yeah, it's it's still, it's crazy. And like, I, I really fear for the players' health and safety. Um, just moving back to United. Um that FA Cup quarterfinal that happened yesterday. I'd really like to get you guys' views on that insane 90-second 90, 90 spell that just turned the game on its head. Mm. Um, yo, it was interesting. I was having a discussion with my girlfriend, actually, and we were saying, like, it's it's hard, right? Because William, it's hard when you look at giving a penalty and a, and a red. Um, but I think that's that one should have maybe been because there's a clear movement to almost stop it. Now, if I'm him, I let the goal go in because I still play with 11 men. That's fine. And we have something to go. 1-1, one, one, it's not the worst. Now you say yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. Then they score the penalty. And then you send off. Um, 
yeah, I think Mitrovic has always had a bit of a temper and he felt that he should have gotten a penalty. I think the two claims that he had were soft. There was one where I think Harrison Reed plays him in and he like falls there. I think that was very soft. Maybe I might have not seen it correctly. I don't know what the second one was. Um, but yeah, should should never be reacting that way. Like um, there's rules to this thing and not everybody gets the decisions that they want. Um it maybe goes back to consistency because maybe some some other player might have gotten it. Um, but yeah, what a crazy spell, right? <laughs> From suddenly conceding a goal to losing two men plus your coach as well. And then, yeah, then you must like play scrappy. And then what, suddenly what, the heads drop and then concede a second and then the third was bound to come. What, whatever uh, Marco Silva said... Yeah, must have been is... something on the on the extra hot spicy spicy level. Mm. Yeah, because I, I think it was about four or five words, and that red card came out immediately. It wasn't yeah. even like a yellow card, like here's a warning or something. Yeah, <laughs> you must have said something extremely think to that referee for him to bring out that straight red. Dead yeah, curious sure. to know what it was. But I think that's where um, a manager sometimes should try and keep the calm because it rubs off on the players. And, um, you know, with such a um, temperamental coach and the captain, um, and they losing their heads basically cost the team. So it shows that sometimes, you know, I love seeing managers show passion, but also sometimes they've got to rein it in because at the end of the day, um, what you do, you, you are leading by example so what players see they will follow and um yeah i think it was sad because like for fulham they from what i i I didn't watch the whole game from what i read or what i heard is that fulham were actually playing really well and were deservedly in front at the stage so so you've got 70 minutes plus um having been played already and now all of a sudden to throw it away by you know a decision not going your way, it happens. And at the end of the day, 1-1 at that point was still not a bad result because you, you know, you fighting for quarterfinal um, on the line. So, or semifinal berth actually. So, yeah, I think it's just not not good to see. And I, sometimes I, I feel managers and, and captains need to um, have that, that sense of calmness rather than, than putting, putting everything out there and then um, it can get your team in trouble. And in this case, it did. Yeah, so it's yeah. something for Fulham because I think they've had a great season and they could potentially have got a semi-final spot, but now they've it's all been thrown away. Moments of madness. Yeah, no, that yeah. I mean sorry, Jason. Um I was no, just no, going no, to no. do like a, 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 yeah. a bit of a comparison between um like people have been talking about that Bruno Fernandez push on the referee from a couple of weeks ago. And comparing it to what Mitrovic did yesterday, um, yeah. I'm not defending like Bruno Fernandez in whatever way. Like uh, I didn't like seeing that in real time. Like uh, during that game, I feel like Bruno Fernandez got like let everything get the better of him, and he didn't act accordingly as a Manchester United captain should. But I feel like the 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 type of push and the type of uh, physical um, sort of a movement towards the referee was a bit more violent from Mitrovic. Um, so I can understand why he was punished and why Bruno Fernandes wa- wasn't. Uh, 
you guys have any sort of takes on how you guys see the two different incidents? I think um, the, one, the one part, like the, the Bruno one, was obviously the assistant ref. So potentially the, the ref couldn't, maybe maybe he missed it. So he, he might not even have seen the, the push. Um, and because the, you know, it was this, I think it was the side of the, the ref that he, he sort of pushed. So it wasn't, we as, as it wasn't as aggressive as Mitrovic, um, and obviously Mitrovic pushed the ref, so the ref is the one that's, that's going to dish out the red card. So, um, so yeah, it was just I think it was definitely if if you had to ask me of the two, which one was the red, I would definitely say the Mitrovic one. But it, um, I think Bruno, it wasn't it wasn't great, and 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 I think as we always say, players are example to uh, role models to to all the you know the fans and and the spectators out there. So they need to act accordingly as well. So I wasn't happy with the Bruno incident because the moment you're putting your hands on an official, I think that doesn't send a good message. So that for me, even if, albeit not as hard, could also have been a red card and I wouldn't have been upset with that. Either. But um, out of the two, which was definitely bad. But I feel um, I'm glad that they gave the red card because it sends a message that you do not mess with the officials um, in any way. It, it should be, uh, you know, non-negotiable. And so I'm glad at least that um, happened yesterday. Yeah, I was actually talking to uh, AF before this, and I was saying like we, I wouldn't say. I mean, I said we need to pull refs, right? But I, I also didn't mean physically. Um, but yeah, like like you said, it sets that that precedent for that. You actually can't go as as much as the emotions are high. Like if everybody reacted on their first emotion, we'd be in absolute shambles, right? This is football, but also in gender life. So as paid professionals, we pay to do a job and then they need to react accordingly. And okay, they're, they're also humans. Sometimes things do get a better of them. But yeah, I think Mitrovic maybe pushed it a bit. And it's actually crazy to think about because I think Mitrovic is like 27, right? So he's like, and he's, he's been playing for so long. So it's not like he's a youngster who just got the like this hot shot youngster, he's just, he's always been a hot head. Like that can't be your default setting, man. Yeah. Like it can't be that, okay, I'll just wrap up the refs because I'm Serbian or something like that. Like, um, I do think that sometimes uh, players want to put hands on refs because of the shoddy decisions. But yeah, the, the line that I'm drawing is that, yeah, it should never be. And I do think as much as Bruno's one was so wild because I think he has a, a temperament to always complain. And I feel like that was almost the, the next step because after any decision, be it for him or be it for the team, he's always one of those captains that goes directly into the face. And it's, it feels like he toes a very, a, a very tight line. So that could have possibly been the very next step. Um, but yeah, I don't think it could be compared the same. And I think it's a bit of a reach to say, okay, look here. This one is the same as that one. Even though Bruno's was bad, I think Mitrovic is obviously the worst one. Um, but yeah, good example to actually just show, like, okay, look here, if you are going to do this, then fine, we'll just we'll just show you what's, what's going to happen. Your, your team is just going to suffer. So then it puts the onus on the clubs to then reprimand players as well. Yeah, no, like, you you put it like, you, you actually said it so, quite well, that mm. there's there's a line that you can't cross. And yeah. um, I mean, like this is a, a game that we all love. It's a beautiful game. And um, even though the, the referees, they they make some some uh, rubbish decisions sometimes, yeah. whether it's them, whether it's VOR. Um, yeah. 
I mean, like you still have to show the referees the respect. I mean, they're the they're the ones that's calling the things on the field. They're the they're yeah. the guys officiating these games. Um, you have to you have to still give them a decent amount of respect. Um, you can call them out, uh, whether it's after the game, whether it's whatever. Like, you, they, they still deserve to be called out because I mean, at the end of the day, when you go to you when you go to work, when you perform your job every day, if you doing if you're not performing to the best of your ability or to to the to the levels that you're supposed to, then you're going to get reprimanded. You get like your boss is going to call you in. Okay, uh, your level isn't isn't good. You need to like raise it a bit. Um, referees should be should be held accountable in the exact same way. But there's a way to do it, and that's the way Mitrovic went about doing it. That's definitely not it. Um, yeah. But yeah. Moving, moving on from that FA Cup uh, match of uh, yesterday, um, Jason, your team are, are flying, eh? They are, they are absolutely yeah. flying. They, yeah. they, they look a bit, they looked a bit nervy against Palace in that opening 20, 25 minutes or so. But uh, no, for sure, yeah, they, they just uh, gathered themselves and regrouped and 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 went for it. Yeah, it was. Um... I think every game now, like I think some of the players have said, and I think we, we all understand it now, every game becomes that, that cup final. Um, and every cup final is very cagey. And I think every team now comes because they, they, they understand that this run of games is very important to us. So whilst it might not look like it's difficult fixtures, right? Crystal Palace at home, we'll have Southampton at home. We'll have, I think we played Everton at home already, but like Leeds at home. It all becomes scrappy games because... The teams that we are playing are fighting for like relegation struggles, and that's how they like going through that. But they also, it's a feather in the cap if they stop the league leaders. Um, and what a difference a few days makes when we look at Thursday's performance against Sporting, where the team couldn't pass the ball properly, and then suddenly we have this fluid system now on, on Sunday. And I have a conspiracy that I feel like we almost intentionally. Uh, got out of that Thursday competition just because it frees up April because April would then have been mad for us, right? And I see cities run, it's like they've got like two or three days between I think it's Liverpool, not Liverpool, they've got Chelsea, they've got a West Ham, they've got a Champions League, and they have us. And it's just like, you know, maybe we're not actually mad that we're out of Europa. I think we're in this position now, we're out of all of the cups. We have one thing to go for and at both gives us something that we haven't had for an extremely long time, which is the league, potentially, knock on wood. And then it also gives us Champions League, which we also haven't had for an extremely long time. So, yeah, I think if we can continue in this vein, I think it will be good. We obviously, I think like Newcastle, we're getting a bit of, well, not Newcastle particularly, but any team now where there's a few injuries that are now creeping in. And it's key, it's key guys or guys that have been instrumental into the success thus far. So yeah, it's it's nervy. It's as Nikita says, it is squeaky bum time, right? Like every game becomes very tricky, and we still got Chelsea that have to come to us. We still have to go to Liverpool. We still have to go to City. We have to still go to Newcastle, which is never an easy game, especially with last season's result. When we went to Newcastle, we needed to get the result. So yeah, it's both nervy. But at the same time, it's also nice because there's a tangible evidence for certain games. Like Crystal Palace at home, last season, the season before, they always used to 
they, they'd have something. Wolves' has got three or four good games, two of them is against Arsenal. He has one against Chelsea, and then he has one against United. That's like the standard, maybe, right? Um, Brentford last season lost away, went there, completely walked them off the park. Um, I think the the Brighton games, we've always struggled. And I think I, I can confidently say that we walked them off their own park when we had played them. I think it was before Christmas or just after Christmas. That 4 to win, I don't think many teams have gone to Brighton and given them that sort of performance. Um, it also seemed like we were in like second or third gear. So there's that evidence that, okay, it is actually going in a decent direction. You can now look back year on year, there's that improvement. Um, but yeah, it's just like, it's scary, man. It's like... There's that back of the mind where Arsenal had that that thing, you know, where either if it's not February, if it's not March, then it's April that we throw it away and we end up finishing the season with nothing. So whilst I'm very much buying in and I'm very happy, the eight points, hopefully it stays eight points. Um, but yeah, it's just enjoying the ride, I think. <laughs> because I think next season the teams will be more consistent. So yeah. You you mentioned that um, you you have this conspiracy that uh, like Arteta or the team wanted to go out of the Europa League, um, like which is all good and well. But if you guys don't end up seeing the league through after this, and you end up with zero trophies this season, that's going to be a lot of egg on on the face of all the players, I think. And yeah. with the, if if I'm looking at City's final few fixtures over here. They have Liverpool, they have Southampton, they have Leicester, Brighton, Arsenal, Fulham, Leeds, Everton, Chelsea, and Brentford. So probably three out of those are really uh, tough Sticky opposition. Them, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and I mean, with Highland scoring, scoring a hat-trick every single game now, um, <laughs> because he's an android like that. Uh, <laughs> like it's, it's, like, I mean... The Arsenal players and the Arsenal management team, they, they have to be thinking, um, okay, so so what happens if we can't see this through? Yeah. And what do you think would be going through the minds of, of everybody over there? Um, I think we have to give credit to Arteta because I think he's come out in almost every interview and almost all of the all of the players seem to have this mindset that it's just a game at a time, right? Which is essentially what it is. You're now wanting to put pressure on a result that or a match that hasn't happened. I think that's just going to create anxiety, right? You're wanting to control this outcome that hasn't even happened yet. So I think credit to them for not putting it further than the very next game. Um, if we don't win the league, I think we'll be very disappointed. I mean, we've led it for a very long time. And I know when we started the season, I think people asked and I said, I, I literally just want Champions League, right? Because get that back, it means we get more money. It means we then attract. We then can strengthen the squad to compete on a longer level with City. Because we, we see City are, City just have that thing, right? We, and especially now in this period from March to May, where they just pull on all of it. And if they get out of the Champions League, then they put everything in the FA Cup and League and they generally win those two. Um, I think... It will be a sad thing, but I think Arteta has spoken about how we're only on year three or five-year plan. So I'm not sure what the five-year plan culminates in. Maybe Arsenal win the World Cup. 
or maybe we win the Confed Cup. I really don't know. Maybe it's global domination. Um, but it's like looking at this, I'm struggling or not struggling. I can see where we want to go. Um, it will be upsetting and I really want this title because people say City have been bad, Liverpool have been bad, but yes, that I mean that that's true by the standards that they've showed for this last few seasons. But I also think as the youngest squad or the youngest average age, I think we've been doing very well to accumulate the points that we've gotten um, at this stage and to be going head-to-head like with City and like, okay, Liverpool haven't been consistent. Liverpool look like they need a good rebuild. And I'm saying this knowing that I think I saw something about them offering Milner another contract. So I really don't know what's going to happen there. So... Yeah, people saying that everything's not going good for the league, but I think also, yeah, credit has to go to Arteta and that stuff. Um, yeah, I actually don't want to think about what happens if Arsenal don't win the league. <laughs> um, I want to focus on the positives, I want to focus on the very next game. After we beat Crystal Palace, I'm like, can we not play again on like Wednesday or Thursday so we can continue this this momentum? This two weeks comes at a time where it does make me a bit nervous, but also at the same time, like Wasim said, with Almiron's injury. Maybe some of the guys that are a bit fatigued or maybe a bit injured, they don't go away with the national team. They stay, they recoup, and we then plot for the next six weeks, eight weeks, and what we need to do and chalk off, okay, out of the next four games, we want nine points. We want ten points or stuff like that. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I actually feel that I looked at the log earlier and Arsenal have played 74% of the games this season. So they're 28 divided by 38, 74% basically. They are yeah. three quarters of the way through the season. And their yeah. bad spell was, I think, a draw and a loss. Two games, a draw and a loss, where they you know, got one out of six points. But other than that, they've actually been super impressive in that they've always been up for the next game and um, yeah. super consistent. And I think I looked at City's um, fixtures and I think they've had... Uh, 23 um, uh, unbeaten games out of 27. So they've only lost four out of 27, which is yeah. not bad. You know, it's, it's not bad. But yet they're yeah. still eight points behind Arsenal. So I think we yeah. really have to give Arsenal credit. And I feel that, you know, if they were going to have a bad spell and, and, and not win the league, I think it would, it would have happened by now. So I think the fact that out of all the other competitions, they are now a quarter away um, you know, from being at the end of the season, they will now, you know, they're almost in touching distance of where they want to be in terms of winning the league. Yeah. So they've got 69 points. I think generally 87 points is, is what wins you the league or thereabouts. Normally, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so, yeah. so if, if we're looking at that, they need about six wins out of the 10 games um, to, to, to win the league. And um, that's if City go on this expected run where they're going to, you know, win five, six, seven, eight games in a row. Um, if they don't, if City drop more points, then 87 might not even be needed. So I feel that with City still being in the FA Cup, the Champions League, they've got Real Madrid. So that's, I think it's Real Madrid. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it's going to be super tough for them, um, yeah. you know, in terms of two Champions League quarterfinal matches. They've got... Um, you know, the FA Cup, and they've got the league where they have to perform. There's no, okay, we can drop points here or there. So I feel it's all in Arsenal's court. I think they're going to actually, they're going to win the league. Um, because, yeah. like I said, they, if they were going to lose the league or drop 
point it would have happened by now. And the fact that they haven't done that, I feel they um they they're definitely gonna go all the way and actually finish the job. So yeah. I, I think the question of what if they don't win it shouldn't be there. I feel Arteta needs to just recoup, um, reiterate to the team that what if we do win the league and we've done yeah. so to now, yeah. we just need to finish the job. So I feel he just needs to to put that in the players' minds that we can win the league and you know we are destined to win it. And and yeah. I think they'll go ahead and do it. So that's that's what I would be if I was Arteta, I would be putting that in the players' minds and not think yeah. anything negative because that could just be um, detrimental yeah and i I mentioned this on a couple of um i think it was a pod like that we recorded probably like three shows ago or something um and i mentioned that based on the amazon uh documentary that was filmed uh it's very apparent that arteta is He's very much in tune with that mental side of the game. And yeah. uh, it seems like he tries to get the game won before the players even go out onto the pitch. Um, he tries to, to motivate them. He, he tries to get in, into their heads uh, to ensure that they, like, they know what's expected of them. And if that's still not enough, then come off time. He doubles down on that. Um, and it seems like the players have all really bought into that. Um, so it's not like uh Arteta is still like trying to trying to to find his way through through getting through to they yeah. all bought into it every page and, i mean it's 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 a bad idea with with uh the way you guys are sitting uh cozy there with eight with an eight point lead um yeah so I, personally i think you guys will end up seeing this through it's it's just that that three game that three games that you guys guys have it's against city against chelsea uh, and Newcastle, and or four games: Newcastle and Liverpool. Yeah, so Liverpool as well. Mm. The, the other question marks. It, it depends how you guys come out against uh, those teams. I think Liverpool is at Anfield. So yeah, uh, that's yeah, that's. I mean, United thought, okay, no, Liverpool haven't really been in great form this season. We went to Ash. Completely different. Yeah, it's a completely different. absolutely spanked. Um, mm. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's it's like it's it's really not not uh, cut and dry. Like it's it's still a huge fixture, it's still a huge game. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I remind every single one of those players. Uh, don't think that we've won the league already. Take every single game as it comes. Um, don't celebrate yeah. yet. Uh, we still have a long way to go. And uh, yeah, yeah, like he's he's very much in tune with that mental side. No, for sure, man. I, I was also just um. I've always been talking to one of my good friends, good Arsenal fan as well, and we we always hold Liverpool at Anfield as a reference point and almost as a as a marker. I think that's that's what we've said in like recent years. Okay, Arteta's been doing well, and we we beat Spurs, maybe beat Chelsea, you know, maybe beat United and stuff like that. But whenever we go to Anfield, we're completely just going to our shells, and I think that's maybe the case with like everybody, because going to Anfield is hard, right? Because they have this aura about them. Maybe it's Virgil van Dijk's aura that wraps right around the stadium. But um, it's just like there's there's that thing. So I think if you want to see that tangible evidence, just go and play well. Don't let them completely dominate you, which is what they 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 overwhelm you, right? They engulf you and it's just end-to-end stuff, basically. Um, so, yeah, I think that four games, and I think thankfully 
people have questioned us and they said, okay, no, it's this run. It's this run that will definitely choke them up. Okay, if they can survive Christmas, then they'll be fine. Oh, no, Jan, cold month. Let's let's get them through that. Um, yeah, okay, so we're out of all the cups, but we've survived all those other runs. So, like, with seems and yeah, I think, like you've mentioned, I'd like to believe that we can push through. And, yeah, I can't imagine what's going to happen, especially if we lift it after my birthday. It's my, it's my crown birthday on the 27th of May. And the final game is on the on the twenty eighth. So I think I'm probably gonna get a tattoo of like that heart and that brain that was in season one of uh, all or nothing, heart and soul, and put that somewhere. What a legend! Now I hope it happens for you, man. Uh, yeah, but yeah, you. on that note, let us wrap this one up. Uh, any final words from you guys before we call it? Um. Nah, just enjoy the two weeks off, man. International break. <laughs> don't get yeah, injured, please. Yeah, I think don't get injured is definitely the key phrase for all our players uh, from all the yeah. clubs. Um, and then the other thing is, um, I think if by the time we have another episode, I think Antonio Conte is going to be out of a job eh? um, after yeah. using that. So we didn't have time to touch on that, but yeah, I think that, yeah. by the time we have another episode. No, for sure. Oh, that, that guy was begging for the sack. Absolutely begging for it. <laughs> I think <laughs> but we, yeah. we should definitely start. Just, just last thing, we should definitely have like a case study about that. One one episode, just sit down and get Riaz in here and let's just, just like, just literally, that's a think piece. <laughs> 100%. Nah, sounds good. Sounds good. You have to get Riaz in for that one. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like a 45 minute to 60 minute session won't be enough. But let's see how it goes. But yeah, uh, on that note, uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sportycast. Give this video a like. Uh, Subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. Uh, Hit the little bell at the bottom as well. Uh, That will just notify you whenever we upload new videos. Um, Yeah, just show, show, show us some love. Share it with everybody you know. Your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, your friends. Um, yeah, and thank you to Jason and Wasim for being cool Thanks, as, as always. I'm a four three four three. Peace. Mm-hmm.